Hello, it's Peter Wright and Kathleen Beauvais in Ontario, Canada, with episode number 29 of the Yacking Podcast. This is where we talk about life, business, and more, and we bring you tips and ideas for a changing world. We always have a guest, and we have another interesting guest for you today, but I'm going to firstly welcome Kathleen. Hello, Kathleen. How's Kitchener today? Hello, Peter, and welcome, everyone. I'm doing well, and it's a nice sunny day right now, so I'll take it. Uh, we so appreciate you tuning in. Uh, we appreciate it very much. We also appreciate your comments, and you're right, Peter. We always have an interesting guest with us, and today we have um, the honor of interviewing Diane Stevenson, who is an author, photographer, painter. Welcome, Diane. How are you? I'm fine, thank you, I Thank will, you for inviting me. Oh, absolutely. And I will pass it off to you to tell our viewers and listeners a little bit about yourself and how you got started writing books. So give us perhaps a little bit of background and, and uh, do a little bit of sharing with our viewers and listeners. Certainly. Yeah. Well, I was born just at the tail end of the Second World War. I will be 75 in less than a month. And I was brought up in Brantford, born brought up there. I did all my schooling in Brantford. Um, then I moved here to London in order to get a job. I worked in graphic arts for a number of years. And uh, then um, back in the, I guess it was back in the 80s, I got sick and lost my job. And I was kind of in limbo for a while. And then I started my own home-based business because I used to do a lot of crafts and that. So I started a business doing that and eventually ended up in some uh, network marketing businesses, selling supplements and a number of different kinds of products. And I have been retired for 10 years now. So all that's behind me. <laughs> and uh, I'm just not having to do the push with that kind of thing anymore. And I'm glad. <laughs> Excellent. So, mm -hmm. So, so what, what got you into the books, Diane? How did, <clears throat> what prompted um, you to start writing? Well, actually, um, yeah, back in the 80s, I had a neighbor across the hall. She had a three-year-old daughter. And I used to be back and forth a lot because that's when I wasn't working. And we used to leave our doors open and we'd be back and forth. And the little girl, Jessica, would be running into my place. If her mother couldn't find her there, she'd come in looking for her in my place. And I used to sit and watch Stephanie Street with her and different things. And she used to write stories. She'd give me the pencil and I'd have to write down what she was telling me. And I'd have to change colors when she told me to change the color and everything. <laughs> and she was quite the artist too. And I guess that just got me interested in more in the, the children's end of the writing at that point in time. And I did write uh, four children's books. I just had them printed off at a printer's, a couple of different printer's places. And uh, so they weren't really published per se. And it was before we needed the barcodes on things and that too. So uh, that's how I got into my, the, the one was, actually one of them was one that I had done when I took a graphic arts course back in the 60s in Brantford. Um, that I, I had actually, let's back up a bit. When I got through high school, I went into nursing in Brantford General Hospital, but I only stayed two of the three years. And then I found this uh, graphic arts course. So I went there through manpower and did that for 10 months. And one of our, um, one of our assignments was to write a children's book. And so one of these little books that I had printed off was that book. And then I did another one, um, 
um, was eight, from A to Zoo, and it was like a little poem all the way through the through the alphabet and uh, activities to do. You know, the ball is blue, color it, and different little just for, for little ones. And then I did another one um, called the World of A, which had I been able to market them properly and publish them properly would have been a series for one book for every letter of the alphabet. And they were, yeah. I, I did all the illustrations and everything. Wow. And uh, I did sell them at craft shows and at the market booths and stuff like that. And I had a lot of good comments from uh, kindergarten teachers, uh, daycare uh, workers and stuff like that. But because they weren't hard cover and shiny covers, the bookstores wouldn't have anything to do with them. Mm -hmm. So I've got boxes of books here. <laughs> <laughs> So, so that's where I started. And then I used to read the Women's Weekly um, novels. No, well, they weren't really novels. They're just novellas because they're short. And I, one day I decided, okay, I wonder if I can do that for myself. So I set myself a challenge. Can I write a book along the lines of that? And I eventually did. And it's now turned into what is my first novel, uh, Look for the Rainbows, a, a Journey of Spirit and Hope. And hope. Mm -hmm. And, um, but it went through a lot of transition before it got to the current state. <laughs> so it was, and then I started adding some others to it. Very are good. Your books, um, are your books available on Amazon at all? Diamond? Yes. Oh, they are. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They are. Except for the ones I did back in the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> They're not, of course. <laughs> Perhaps they should be. You should get uh -huh. <laughs> Uh, the, the one little one I can't publish on Amazon because it's not enough pages. It has to be a minimum of 24 pages. And this is just like eight pages or something. Yeah. But uh, the other ones, I would like to actually um, redo them. Um, because I had no way of doing, uh, doing the text in it except by hand. So it's all done. The whole thing was done by hand. Wow. And so I would like to kind of do it now in a more professional style. Although I wanted it at the time, I thought, well, let it make it look as if a, a child actually wrote this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Very so. good. <laughs> Peter? I'm looking at um, your website. You mm -hmm. mentioned that you've had a school friend and you've been friends for 61 years. Uh, actually, now it's 70 almost. Is it 70? Wow. Almost. It will be wow. in September. Wow, that's incredible in this day and age. Uh, you know, it's mm -hmm. unbelievable. So tell our viewers and listeners, what's, what's the secret uh, to I, maintain a friendship for 70 years? I really don't know what the secret is. It was we met in kindergarten and we were in almost every grade through school, except for I think one year in high school, we weren't in the same form room. Yeah. And uh, we just, we just, I guess we just connected. And uh, she got married and had children. And so the, her kids called me Auntie Diane. And I used to, you know, uh, I don't see her very often anymore because she's still in Brantford. Right. And, uh, but we, we communicate back and forth by email once in a while. And uh, we're still, we, we're, we're still on the same terms every time we see each other. And uh, when she, she got married many years ago, of course now, and, uh, Actually, the first time I met her husband-to-be uh, was at a wedding shower. And he just he just accepted me like a member of the family, too. So <laughs> I've always kind of just, you know, I knew her mom and dad and her brother and whatnot. So um, it was just kind of like family affair. <laughs> yeah, very good. Wow, that is amazing. And, the, you know, mm -hmm. now we don't often hear of that. That's really no. good. Yeah. Super. 
can, can you tell us a little bit more about your photography? What, what do you like to photograph? I, I, mostly I like to do outside nature, mm. flowers and, and anything in, the, in nature, water, whatever kind of thing. Um, there's a, a waterworks park in St. Thomas that I like to go to. And it's normally, it's uh, all beautifully landscaped, different flowers in the spring and in the summer and then in the fall. They have lily ponds there and lotus flowers and frogs and turtles in the lily ponds and whatnot. And it's just a very, very pleasant place to walk through and to sit and, and enjoy. So I've taken many, many photographs there. And unfortunately, they're not landscaped this year as far as the flower beds are concerned. I guess the COVID has uh, kind of put a kibosh on some of that kind of stuff, but Right. Um, we did go uh, a week or so ago, a friend of mine I took with me, and we did go for the first time this year, Excellent. and it was really nice. So mm-hmm. I know with all this, uh, that the pandemic, uh, uh-huh. more and more people are working from home, and right. do you have any advice for people that are, you know, have no choice but to, to work from home and do the best that they can? Is there anything mm-hmm. that you can tell our people? Um, Actually, when I started working at home, when I started my own business, now I didn't think that I was the type of person that would ever stick to something to work at home, be able to work at home. I just thought I'd be everywhere, you know, just not that I'm a hyper person or anything, but I just didn't think I'd be able to focus without some kind of, you know, um, disciplined area. But somehow I did when I had to do it. And I guess discipline is one of the words that is very important if you're not disciplined to do the work then um it's not going to get done so um and i think you need to have things as well as possible to be comfortable where you're working your working area that um right now this um the only place i could put my computer desk when i got it it's a big one um and i'm in a very confined area where my chair is concerned, and that made it a little bit more difficult. If my file folders, file drawers were on the other side of the thing, I could be over here and, and doing it much better. So if anybody that can make it as, as comfortable as they can um, to do it too, and then to just to actually just to really discipline themselves to either uh, a certain number of hours a day to do what they have to do, or a certain part of the day, whether it be morning or afternoon, whatever they best work. I used to work best at night and uh, did a lot of that at nighttime. It wasn't bothering me. I was just sewing on the sewing machine or doing my crafts and stuff like that. So it really didn't make any difference. You're also into painting. I, I used to do a lot of painting. I don't do a lot of it anymore. When I started, when I started working in the art field, somehow that wasn't a hobby anymore. And not that I was doing uh, okay. that type of thing, but, it was it was still artwork, and I, I kind of petered out with that. I do some more drawing, a little bit more drawing right now, and uh, I I ran out of oil paints, and well, I, actually, I quit using oils because I couldn't stand the smell of them. But uh, I went into acrylics, but I pretty much ran out of those, and so I'm not doing that anymore. But I do with colored pencils and stuff like that. I I like to work with that and with just with pencil, and uh, I've I'm started an assignment, something I've wanted to do for couple of years at least now and so I've just started on it I wanted to do a coloring book that is part that goes along with my novel All right. good so I did actually yesterday I did the first page and um, it's I've taken it from the actual cover of the novel which is a photograph of an actual place 
And that is very significant place in the novel itself. And it's also a significant place in my own personal life. Um, it's one of my, probably my favorite place in all the world kind of thing. And uh, so that's uh, where I put that, uh, that's in the setting. Although the rest of the setting is nothing like where this actually is, but it's, uh, it's up at uh, Lion's Head. I don't know if you know on the Bruce Peninsula. Yes, I and it's several miles out of the little village um, along on Whippoorwill Bay. And it's just the end of the point where these big rocks have come down from the cliff. And, and I used to just love to sit there. I loved it when I was a kid there. And um, I started going back a few years ago again for holidays. And uh, haven't unfor unfortunately, I haven't been able to go for the last two years now because of a whole lot of uh, money paid out on my car to get it fixed. And it had to be fixed. I couldn't travel with it the way it was. So I just had to let that go for last year and this year again. Of course, this year is different anyhow. Mm -hmm. So I probably might not even get a motel up there now kind of thing. But yeah, difficult. Very difficult. Yes. Can, can you tell us a little bit more about your novel? Or are we giving too much away? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, all of my books are based on my Christian faith. And the novel is, like I say, I started it back in the 90s. And I, I wrote it, first of all, in um, first person. And then I decided I didn't like that at all. So I went, started it over in third person. And then I realized when I thought I had it done, I only had 26,000 words. That is not a novel. No. <laughs> a novel is 50,000 to 150,000. <laughs> so I had a couple of short stories that I had written. And um, so I thought, okay, I wonder if I can weave these stories in. And of course, that meant obviously a lot more writing involved as, well as I wove the stories in. And I ended up with about 90,000 words overall. And it's it's basically um, women's fiction, I would say, inspirational fiction, to give it a genre. But it's um, the, the main character, um, Beth Worthington, goes right through from the beginning and her life as a child and, and as she grows. And different tragedies that come into her life and how she dealt with them at different ages and in different situations. And basically it's, yes, tragedy can come to us and often does to most people, but we can live through it and we can live above it eventually. And that's basically the, the premise for, for the whole thing. And, and there's, a, there's a mix in there of other families in there, one with a, a, a kid that's really quite difficult to handle. There's a murder mystery in it, um, which isn't a main part of the book, but the one character in it is part of the, the main, one of the main parts of the book. So it's just, it's kind of a, a mixture of uh, different things, and uh, yeah, I've had a lot of good comments on it. Good, very good. Diane, you you mentioned that your books are based on your Christian faith. So you know, I, I think you may have picked up from our conversations with Chuck and and some of my writing that. Mm -hmm for all sorts of reasons. I was brought up Anglican, but I turned away from the church in my late mm -hmm. teens for all sorts mm -hmm. of reasons we don't know, need to go into now. Mm -hmm. And then in uh, in 2012, I felt a need to go start going back to church, and I did. And it's a tiny little country church, and uh, right now, we let, well, before the virus, we would be lucky if we got 12 people on a Sunday. It's mm -hmm. a part, part of a three-point parish. So I, being the youngest male, they asked me to become the cemetery manager, and which I did, and then a warden, which I do. Um, and I, I've noticed that um, church attendance has waned over the period that I was away, and, and more recently, mm -hmm. people have stopped going to church. 
So with the, with the situation we're in now with the virus pandemic and all the changes to society, you're probably closer to the Christian faith than I am right now. Do you see people resorting back to becoming more faithful? What's your thoughts on that one? Uh, I, I really don't know. Um, I know people are getting really antsy and they want to get out and get back to church. Well, we did have church for the first time on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I believe we had about 40 people. Good. Um, and our normal, we have more members that don't all come, but we have uh, maybe have 75, 80 people on a Sunday morning on a normal time. And uh, everybody was so happy to get back, even though we weren't allowed to sing uh, or anything, but people were really happy to get back to church. I'm sure. And we, go ahead. No, I say I'm sure they are. We, our, yeah. The Anglican diocese won't let us get back to church, so we've been having services on Zoom, which people find are, yeah. are not good at all. Um, mm. Yeah, it's, it's a difficult one. I, I just wonder what the long-term effect is, because I've heard a lot of people are questioning life, uh, people who, who are not churchgoers, uh saying, you know, what, what, what's happening? Um, I think it's raising questions in a lot of people's mind. I just wondered what your thoughts were on that one. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I think there are, some, there are some really good things that have happened through this. I think mm-hmm. families have got back together, eating together, doing things together, because they can't do anything separately. They can't go anywhere. Right. And I think they've become, I think possibly in some er- some instances, it's not been good because where there's abuse in the family, sure. it's going to be, exaggerated during a time like this but for families that are not in that category i think they've been finding that they're learning to do things together more with their kids they play games with their kids where the kids might have been off doing something or just on their on their phone or whatever and people are they're eating meals together and they're learning to do things more together which i think is a very good thing sure and i think it's also making people um hungry to get back together in fellowship with other people as well Yes. Whereas we might have been just going on in our own merry way before knowing that we can do it when we don't want to or when it's available. But then all of a sudden when you can't do something, that's when you really want to do it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Kathleen and I have an interest in the tiny home um, world. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we've been talking and I've been, other people have been telling me they've worked from home for three months and they realize they don't actually have to live in a city to do their work. So we believe that this could lead to a resurgence or revitalization of small towns and villages Mm -hmm. here and around the world. And I in Australia, it's happening too uh, because internet makes it possible to work from home. So that could be another Mm -hmm. good, good thing that comes out of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. While I've, before Kathleen gets back in, I'm smiling at me. I'm going to ask you another one quickly. We, mm-hmm. we have some, some, some people you know have been guests on our, our show before, mm-hmm. Nancy Henderson and Chuck and uh, mm-hmm. a few others, I think. Um, tell us how you got involved with the, that group of authors. You, you, you all seem to be very supportive of one another in that group. Mm-hmm. How, how did that come about? Well, I've known Chuck for many years. I, um, I've been tr- actually I've been trying to figure out how we got to know each other, <laughs> but I think back on uh, in the old days of the Rise Network, I think was when we first came into contact with one another. And I used to do his calls way back then, and he used to have another call I think on a Tuesday day, day sometime in the daytime, and I used to call in that sometimes. And uh, then he and um, oh my goodness. 
young fellow's name has escaped me right now. They did webinars on how to set up the WordPress websites, and okay. I went through those with them. And Mark Hultgren was a part of that too. And um, that, so we've just kind of kept in contact off and on. And then, of course, Chuck stopped his calls for a couple of years there, and I just, mm. I sort of lost track. And then all of a sudden, there's an email announcing his call. Yeah. So I mm. called in, and that's there was Nancy. <laughs> all right. right. Yeah. And yeah. So, sometimes, sometimes Nancy and I stay on after the call. We've, we've t actually talked after the call's over up to two hours afterwards. <laughs> 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 oh, that is interesting. And, mm -hmm. um, but you all support one another with the marketing of your books from, from what I can see too. Yeah. We, we talk back and forth and whatnot. And yeah. Mm -hmm. No, that's very good. We've got a couple more from uh, the people who get onto Chuck's schools coming up in the not too distant mm -hmm. future. So we we'll but more like that. Kathleen, yeah. you, you got another question for Diane? I was just going to ask Diane, how do our listeners buy your books and how do they contact you? Well, they, uh, they can be found on Amazon, uh, amazon.com, amazon.ca. And I'm not sure what the other list is. So I know that it comes in a package sort of thing. And uh, so they're all available there. I do have an author page on amazon.com. Um, I can't remember what the address of that one is. That's all right. We'll but find it. I don't know if I gave it to you or not. I can't remember. But um, they, there are also links on my website, which is uh, diane-stevenson.com. And there are pages for each of my books and links to the Amazon pages that those books are on. So um, that's maybe an easier way of trying doing it. than Because if you, if you search for my name on Amazon, they stick a few other books in between mine. There's mm -hmm. a list of mine, and then there's two or three other books that have nothing to do with me, and then there's more of mine down below again. So I don't know where that comes from. but Well, <clears throat> certainly the, the website's a good one to be in contact with. Now, your your blog is on a different website, I think, a different domain, but people can get there from dianestevenson.com because you, you've got a lot of interesting stuff on your blog as well, haven't you? Well, that's where my blog is. Oh, that's where your blog is. Okay. But my, my, that's my, my main one now. Um, okay. I had that. I had one before, and it just disappeared into cyberspace somewhere. I don't know what happened oh. to it. The whole thing just—it was gone. So I didn't have one for quite a while, but except for the WordPress.com one, which mm -hmm. is successfulmind.wordpress.com. Um, okay. That's so. That's where I've got followers because I somehow can't get a follow button to work on my other one. So I steer them there, and then I just put read more and put the rest of the whole thing on. Uh, okay. Mm -hmm. That's fine. So, but so they can go directly to. They can go directly to dianestevenson.com or go to the other one. That's great. That's great. Mm -hmm. I, I'm going to jump in with another question. We'll put we'll put that on the on the description. Mm -hmm. um, you were talking about growing up in Brantford. We're of a similar age, and of course, I I'm a new Canadian. I've only been here for going on 17 years. So mm -hmm. I'm very very interested to hear what what life as a child was like in the 1950s in in a, a little town like Brantford, because that was quite a small town in those days, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, Brantford has always been pretty much on a par right through, uh, That's with a... the size of Sarnia, basically. Okay. So right. they're very much similar. Um, I can't remember what the population was back then, but, um, it was, it was quiet. It was a quiet place. And it, but it, I mean, during the, that, that time of life basically was when you knew all your neighbors, you sit out in the porch on a Sunday afternoon and the neighbors would be there. They'd go and talk to them and whatnot people would walk by and stop and talk to you and it was just a you know a totally different kind of life my, my 
parents were not Christian, so I was sent to Sunday school with my friend in the Presbyterian Church, and I carried on there until I was in my teens, actually. And uh, But my mother was one, if somebody cut the lawn on Sunday, and of course, they were the old push mowers. We didn't have electric yeah. mowers and, and gas mowers back then. She was horrified that anybody would do that on a Sunday. Uh, right. <laughs> right. Sunday, Sunday activity in the, in the summertime would be, let's go for a drive in the car or whatever. That would be about it. Yeah, yeah. And um, was, was the Grand River going through Brentford? Was that a big, a big um, weekend thing to do for? Or not I don't really? think it was. Not back not, then. Not I don't then. think so. No. Um, and that back then, Brantford was uh, the the biggest manufacturing was farm manufacturing. Right. Uh, Massey Harris Mass Ferguson and Whites and Kotchet. Right. Yeah. They were all um, their big thing. Of course, they've all gone long ago now right i and believe then, so yeah and then we had the um bell homestead which is where alexander graham bell lived and yep. made his first phone call between brantford and paris and uh yeah and then of course years later we had uh what's his name the the, the uh hockey player can't even think of his name now wayne gretzky yeah thank you <laughs> i'm not into sports <laughs> Oh, well, that's new, I didn't know he'd lived in Brentford. Okay. Yeah, his family is still there. And so he kind of took over instead of being now uh, the Bell, Bell City, it's now Gretzky City kind of thing. Gretzky City. Right. Where Alexander Graham Bell got uh, pushed to the side when that came up. Right. <laughs> Interesting yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 When I, the first place I stayed at was Brentford when I came to Canada. Um, huh. My elder son used to live in Brantford. Uh, he moved. Oh. He he left Africa and went to see the world and got as far as England and met a girl and that was as far as he got. And mm -hmm. she'd spent all her life in, although British born, she'd spent all her life in Canada. They got married. Her father was in Brantford. Came to visit him. Mm -hmm. and they thought there was more opportunity here than in England, so he moved in mm -hmm. about 1998, I guess. And uh, when things went wrong in Africa, he said, come look at Canada. So we came on holiday and stayed in this little house in Brantford with him and then subsequently moved. But uh, because of the situation, uh, we we were allowed to um, live here while we applied for our permanent residence. So I came first and I stayed with my son in Brantford for a couple of months and until I... Until we got our papers and then moved up to Woodstock. Yeah, so I, I do know a little bit about Brentford and uh -huh. uh, I enjoyed, I certainly enjoyed my time there. Uh -huh. We're getting on for, for time. Diane, you got any, any more words of wisdom for our listeners and viewers while we have you? Hmm. I guess just to, um, to run with the things that really interest you and really give you life. Writing was not something that was part of me for the first many years of my life. Reading wasn't even as a child. I hated reading. Really? Yeah. And uh, I wasn't, I didn't become a reader until I was in my 20s. And then you, now I voraciously read <laughs> since then and read hundreds and hundreds of books since then. But writing, like I say, I didn't start until with little Jessica across the hall. But that it, it, it sort of came, I think I... Uh, I really enjoy words, and so that I think we need to learn to recognize those kind of things in our life and to run with it when we can. It may only never be anything more than a hobby, but still to go with it and to to run with it and to to use the talents we've been given. Absolutely, and, uh, yeah. And 
and I think you would agree with me that uh, don't, don't ever let age put you off. And I'm addressing this to our younger listeners and viewers. Uh, if you're looking at uh, Diane, still looks useful. I look my age, but um, <laughs> it, don't ever let age stop you. Would you agree there, yeah. Diane? Mm-hmm. Well, Grandma Moses was 80 before she did her first painting. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, there we are. So we've just about run out of time and that uh, – I'm going to hand over to Kathleen to say our final goodbyes. Kathleen, over to you. Thank you, everyone, again, for tuning in and listening. And thank you to Diane for joining us today. We so appreciate you. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, everyone.